Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Believe in Bengal podcast with yours truly, Solomon Wilcox. And today, we have a very special guest. That's right. He is a, a nine-year veteran of the National Football League, two-time All-Pro, and actually led the league in rushing in 2011. He's an NFL Network analyst. Uh, Maurice Jones-Drew, welcome to the show, my friend. And good to see you again. I know it's been a while, Solly. I mean, I remember those days at the network and, you know, our time in Colorado in the summer times. Those are great right. times, man. It's always good to see you. That's right, man. I, 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 you know, I'm still upset that UCLA stole you away in the 11th hour. Uh, maybe that bag was a little bit too much for us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Man, they, they listen, it, it was it was the enemy. He's yeah, the one got- that he's the one. He he left and then he sent me a text message in the late hours of the night, like, hey, you yep. should rethink it. I, I know, I know. And, and look, you did the right thing. We're gonna talk about EB before the show is over when we get to our around the NFL segment. Um, but first let's get started to preview this uh Monday night game between the Jacksonville Jaguars. Of course, uh you played eight seasons with the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're the second all-time leading rusher for that franchise uh, behind our guy, Fred Taylor. So you know a lot about this team. You are, uh, of course, all things Duval County. Uh, <laughs> what do you think when you hear about Jacksonville Jaguars, Cincinnati Bengals? I know Joe Burrow's not going to be playing in this one, but what comes to mind when you when you hear these two teams are going to be meeting on Monday night? Well, you think of a lot of young talent, um, especially offensively, right? You're talking about the Jaguars having one of the younger rosters, but you have Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Calvin Ridley, Travis Etienne, Evan Ingram. These are younger guys that are, you know, playing really well, obviously led by Trevor Lawrence. And then if you look at Cincinnati, uh, Joe Burrow's young, right? Uh, I'll tell you a lot about uh, Jake Browning, who is it really it, my high school played against him when he was in high school and he was a really good player. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but yeah. Joe Mixon, who's from Antioch, California, my hometown, mm-hmm. right? You yeah. have Jamar chase, T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, you have young tight ends stepping up. And then defensively um, I, you know, as I call the games for the Rams that, that week three Monday nighter against the Rams where Trey Hendrickson took over the game. He's done yeah. that a couple of times as well. So, um, you know, they, they have a ton of talent there and obviously it sucks that Joe Burrow, got hurt and is out for the year but you know that allows other guys to get reps and 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 to get plays and it allows you to really develop your backup quarterback um and you know in case right there's a lot of times in the nfl you're seeing a lot of these quarterbacks going out for the year and they they don't have a plan they don't have a guy that you can count on where i think cincinnati has a guy that well i know cincinnati has a guy that has been successful in high school college and now he's working towards being there in the pros and he looks much better than most of these backups most teams have yeah and look, this Jacksonville Jaguars team is not to be taken lightly. Uh, when these two teams last played during the 2021 season, it was in the midst of the Urban Meyer debacle, right? <laughs> and they played on a Thursday night game. The Bengals made um, quick and easy use of the Jacksonville Jaguars. But MJD, look, a lot has changed. This Jaguar team has now won, what, six of their last seven games amongst the teams they've beaten so far this year, the Kansas City Chiefs the Buffalo Bills, the Pittsburgh Steelers. These are teams that the Bengals are having problems with right now. Um, so what are your anticipation in terms of what you could expect from the Jaguars as they get ready to take on a team like Cincinnati? 
Well, well, I think the first thing is, you know, Cincinnati is going to need to run the ball a little bit more. Jag, their pass rush is kind of picking up a little bit where Josh Allen had 12 pressures last week, two and a half sacks. Um, their first rounder Walker, Travion Walker is playing much better now. They're just playing, they're just playing a, a better overall. They're kind of what Cincinnati was a couple years ago when they went to the Super Bowl yeah. as a young team that kind of started figuring it out late in the year and they got rolling. And and so that's what you're seeing offensively. It's tough because they have five or six guys that can go get the ball. And yeah. so it's not that you can just stop Calvin Ridley in the slaughter, Calvin Ridley outside. You have Christian Kirk, who's going to be is the number one wide receiver, who's going to challenge you. You have Zay Jones, who makes plays. Again, Evan Ingram's a tight end that runs a 4-3-40. That, that's more of a receiver. Travis Etienne, who can go out and make plays as well. So they have Dearness Jones. They got a bunch of uh, – they have Dearness Johnson, who's another player that can come in, as well as Tank Big, uh, Bigsby. So they got guys that can step in and do different things. And what the best part about what they do is – they don't really zero in on one guy. They try to spread yeah. it out, right? They try to give different guys, even though Calvin really had a really good game last week, that doesn't mean he's going to have the same game this week. And, and so I think a lot of times Trevor Lawrence is kind of the key or the straw, the straw that serves a drink because it's whoever he feels has the best match if he tries to get the ball to. And they're playing really good. Now, the other kicker is this, and it's about a kicker. Yeah. They went and signed Brandon McManus from the Denver Broncos, who's one of the best kickers in the NFL. That's and right. I told people when they – I said, that is a sneaky good play because most games come down to field goals, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Houston Texans fired they, – they waved their kicker after he misses a 58-yarder off the crossbar, the <laughs> longest one he's ever attempted, right? Yeah. But Brandon McManus is a guy who can make 63, 64-yard yes. field goals. Yeah. So they, they're giving themselves a chance by putting all these pieces together, and they're starting to gel. And I think that's the one thing – very, like I said, very similar to that 2021 season that the Bengals had where they took them to the Super Bowl. This team is starting to have kind of a look like that and a feel like that as well. It has been, always been known that outside of Justin Tucker with the Baltimore Ravens, that Brandon McManus and, and Yahweh Koo, the kicker with the Atlanta Falcons, those two are the next two guys. But McManus has been doing it a lot longer, and uh, everyone thought it was the altitude that helped him make this 50 yarders. No, he did it on the road. He did it in Denver. I was shocked when Sean Payton gave him his walking papers, but then I looked up and no, Sean went and got his guy, Will Lutz from the new Orleans saints. But look, it turned out to be the best thing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, let's talk about Cincinnati Bengals. Cause coming into this season, all those guys, you just named the five eligibles uh, around Trevor Lawrence are phenomenal for Jacksonville. But coming into the season, if you told me they were going to be more productive than Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, um, whomever is going to be the tight end for the Cincinnati Bengals, and Joe Mixon, I would say no way. But that's what we're seeing. I mean, the five guys around Trevor Lawrence are producing. I think you chronicle that really well. Uh, Let's talk about uh, what the Bengals could be doing better with this offense. I know you're a big Joe Mixon fan, as am I. The entire Bengal fan base uh, was upset to see him only get eight rushing attempts last week against Pittsburgh when you're starting a quarterback who's never started a game uh, in his NFL career. Well, well, Sully, I'll say this first, right? Joe Burrow has to be healthy in order to get production out of your receivers early in the year, right? Let's remember he had that calf injury he was fighting through early in the weeks. He really didn't do anything in training camp. So that timing and that chemistry, you lost that, right? Those reps are valuable there. When you get to running the football, and and I know it's it's funny you should bring this up. Brian Callahan was my high school quarterback. 
uh, here oh. in the Bay Area. We went to the same high school together. And yeah. then I followed him to UCLA as well, where he was my uh, quarterback at UCLA. And so I know him really well. And again, again, they want to feature everyone, but they have so many weapons, right? Yeah. And so yes. there's a lot of times you do want to run the football, and I understand that. But it's hard when you have Jamar Chase, who's been playing really well. You have T. Higgins, who you're trying to get going, who's been banged up. And then you have Tyler Boyd, and you're trying to find ways to get keep all these young guys going. Because let's be honest, we're offensive players. We have egos, right? <laughs> we, I want the ball, too. I want it. I don't care what they're doing. I don't care who's on yeah. me. I want to be able to make plays. But I think you're exactly right, and the fan base is exactly right, and the fact that they need to run the ball more so you can load the box. So the defense allocates more resources, right? Puts yeah. more players, more run uh, heavy defense in that'll e- make it easier for your backup quarterback Browning to go out there and make plays. Now, this is what I have to say about Browning, and I've been I'm I, it's, it's exciting. He has like the national record for 91 touchdowns. He went to Folsom High. Now, because of him at Folsom High, Folsom every year, every Sunday, this is just a little tidbit for people out there. They every Sunday he has a, a flight school where over 200 quarterbacks in Northern California go up there and learn from his coach because of what Jake Browning did in that system. And that system has carried that team to be a powerhouse in the state of California for a long time. And so right. I, when I say I, I'm comfortable with him playing quarterback and throwing the ball because I know he can do it. I've seen the, the production that he did in high school. I've seen what he did at the University of Washington. And yeah. so I'm comfortable with them throwing the football. And he looks comfortable back yes. there running around making plays. Yes. But I, I think the fan base is exactly right in the, in the fact that it was a close game against Pittsburgh. You had ample opportunities. Joe Mixon has been running really well all year. Uh, it, it reminds me, if I always go back to last year uh, in that Bills game, you guys had it at home. Even this yeah. year at the Bills game, before DeMar Hamlin had got injured, the Bengals decided to run the football and be physical. That's right. That's right. They decided when they beat Kansas City, they decided to run the football and be physical. Mm-hmm. When they went on that run in 2021, they decided to run the football and be physical until they got to the Super Bowl. That's right. Remember what you are. Yes, you have all these shiny weapons, but be run the bo- football and be intentful and in being physical. And I think the Bengals will still have a chance to make a run at this thing if they want to. And, you know, I've always been a big fan of Brian Callahan's father, Bill Callahan. You remember when he was a coach uh, with the Raiders? He had coached um, and been the offensive coordinator with the Jets when they had that great offensive line with Nick Mangol and DeBrickashaw Ferguson. He's now the uh, offensive line coach with Cleveland Browns. Nothing but studs up front. Five guys that will bloody your nose. No one runs the ball better than a, than Bill Callahan. And we've got his son here, and I'm still wondering, what's going on? When are we going to become that kind of team that can run the ball with that kind of physicality? Because we have the back to do it. I mean, Joe Mixon, in my mind, he's a rocket sitting on the launch pad waiting to launch. And I I think without Joe Burrow, I think this is the time to do it. If you want to help Jake Browning, then I think Joe Mixon is more of the answer than anything else. Your thoughts? I, I completely agree with you. I, I think, again, this is a chance, like, you know, certain things happen and you feel like, oh, this is terrible, but it should be a blessing in disguise. Yeah, It allows you to work on something that you haven't necessarily worked mm-hmm. on because you didn't have to with Joe Burrow. You can throw the ball 70 times with Joe Burrow and win games. But right now, imagine if Joe Burrow threw the ball 35 times, you ran the ball 35 times, and you, were, you had a complete offense. That play-action pass would be right. deadly. Um, And again, the Bengals have done it here and there. And and, and even with Brian Callahan, we know um, the head coach. uh, Zach Zach Taylor. 
Zach Taylor, who was with the Rams when I was in with with the Los Angeles Rams. That's right. He has a lot of McVay in him, where McVay runs the ball because he wants to set up play action pass, but it's not necessarily back then intentful to run the ball. Like, hey, it's fourth and one. We're going to run the football. Now McVay has changed his style because they needed to. They needed to adjust. But I think right now you're exactly right. The time for the Cincinnati Bengals to be a physical run team, you have a really good defense. You have a great DC, yeah. right? You have a, a defense that can get create turnovers and find plays. And it kind of takes me back to that Houston Texans loss that the Bengals had where if you run the football in some of those situations, you don't turn the ball over, you put your defense in a better situation, you win that game easily. But because you're going pass for pass, pick for pick, all of a sudden C.J. Stroud gets hot is able to take his team down the field. So I do believe the Cincinnati Bengals will be a much more dangerous team if they decide to run the ball a little bit more uh, throughout the year. Also, I think by putting him under center, I think goes a long way to helping the run game, goes helping with play action pass or RPO scheme. You and I both know it helps your offensive line when in, in terms of protection and receivers get bigger separation from, from defenders when you can go play action. I uh, want to talk to you about this defense a little bit because you named some of the guys. Josh Allen, uh, one of the best in the league. Uh, he's top five or top ten in terms of sacks and overall quarterback hits. Um, he can get it done. You talked about Trayvon Walker, former first overall pick in the draft. Um, Jose Aluakon, probably one of the best Mike linebackers many people haven't heard of. And going into week 12, this Jaguars defense led the league with 20 takeaways so tell us more about this defense and who the Cincinnati Bengals should be mindful of. Well, I'll tell you this. Josh Allen's he listen, it, for whatever reason, the Jags decided not to pay him. I don't know why they they've waited this long, but he's just gotten better and better and better. And before he had Yannick Ngakwe early in his career, he was able to get sacks kind of being bat, uh, Robin. Now he's the Batman. And when you look at him, he looks like Batman. He took this offseason to get his body ready for this 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 run and you're seeing the dividends that you know obviously the, the, the you're seeing that the fruit of his labor right yeah but this is the kick this is the kicker this is a total team defense yes josh allen can get to the quarterback but travion walker stops to run he's starting to get more pressure you talked about luacon how he's finding the ways making tackles but you're right it is the interceptions the interceptions come from the pressures of the quarterback quarterback throwing the ball up or guys are the second guy ripping the ball out they the turnovers have come in bunches and it all started in London when I called the game against the Buffalo Bills. Mm. Darius Williams, who came over from the Los Angeles Rams, hometown kid of Jacksonville, gets a big-time interception, right? It's yeah. just like they play such a defense where when you get a chance to take a shot, you know how most quarterbacks are very impatient. And they're like, I don't want to check down, check down. I want to take a shot. Well, when you do, there's two or three guys back there ready to get the ball off. Cisco's playing really well. Jenkins is playing really well. Uh, Tyson Campbell's playing really well. They, they, they're – they're playing a what they have a everyone's doing their part and they're playing at the best of their ability. They're all getting better and they're just playing better right now. They're playing with a lot of confidence. And that confidence comes because it's a complimentary game, right? Right. That's right. As the offense plays well and they start scoring points, it puts the defense in, in a position to be more aggressive. Now, I always go back to that Niners game where the offense didn't do anything, right? And the defense was on the field the whole time. That's right. And the defense couldn't be aggressive and do the things they wanted to do. And the Niners took advantage of them. And so the kicker is it's it, the way they play. It's not necessarily like, like the Kansas City Chiefs where it's just one side's dominant and the other one gets better. They both have to be playing really well at the same time. And if the offense is clicking, the defense will be really good. And if the defense is clicking, yeah. the offense kind of feeds off of them as well. So, again, 
they're a young team. And I, I want to reiterate that again. Like, this is a very young team, a very young team. And they play with a lot of emotion, a lot of energy. And right now that energy is contagious and they're rolling. Uh, again, they, but this is a tough task for them this week because, again, you're going to have Tyler Boyd on a number three or Jamar Chase on a number three in the slot, right? You're going to They have a rookie that they have playing in the slot right now. Uh, you have, you know, Joe Mixon and the, all these guys that can catch the ball out of the backfield. So they're going to be challenged. It's, it's a different challenge they saw last week and the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested to see how they play. Well, and Jake Browning completed 73% of his passes last week in the loss against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I He doesn't need training wheels. I think you nailed it. This is a guy who's well accomplished. He's used to having it put on his shoulders. Now we just need to support him with a real good run game and guys who are going to make plays around him. I want to transition a little bit um, to uh, take you around the league because you are an NFL analyst very good at talking Jacksonville Jaguars in the LA Rams, but you're a league wide guy. You cover this league on the daily um, at the NFL network and you are a card carrying member of the running back fraternity who there seems to be this, this uh, narrative out there that running backs have become obsolete. And uh, all of a sudden, as we get into this time of the year, you hear us talking about got to get the ball to Joe Mixon. Got to get the ball to the running back, whether it's Jonathan Taylor or whomever. Uh, The running backs are uh, sort of the rudder that gives the ship, you know, it may be a small part, but it it really helps to steer the bigger and larger vessel. So I want to give you the floor right now to help people to understand why the running back has been and will always be an integral part of a successful NFL operation. I always tell people, no matter what you do in football, it'll never change, right? You can be this high-flying offense. You can be the Miami Dolphins, all these shifts and different things. But if you just can't line up and get a yard, <laughs> you, you will struggle at winning football games. That's right. The Miami Dolphins, they do all this. Tyree Hill, which I love what he's doing, mm-hmm. playing well. Yet you can't beat – you only can beat teams that are under 500. You can't beat teams over 500. Yeah. Or you struggle with teams that are at 500, like the, the Las Vegas Raiders. So to me, I always tell people this, you don't pay the position, you pay the player. And I agree. There's some guys that may, you know, at the running back position may get drafted and they may not be that good of a player. They may not hold up to that expectation, but there are guys like Saquon Barkley in New York without Saquon. We just figured this out. Last year was a fluke. If you don't have Saquon, you don't have a chance. I tell you that. (laughs) No Saquon, no chance if you're in New York. Look at what's going on. They're winning games with an undrafted rookie. Because they have Saquon there, right? But yet you pay Daniel Jones, who we know hasn't performed up to that contract. Mm -hmm. If you go to, let's say, let's go to to, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. No Austin Eckler, you really don't have a chance. You're not winning now, but you're in You really aren't winning without him. You you really aren't (laughs) winning, right? With the Colts. Even though Jonathan Taylor's about to have thumb surgery. The last four weeks of the season, this last the last four weeks that we've had. Tearing it up. He has been, and they've been winning with Gardner Minshew. That's right. You didn't even have a chance to utilize him with Anthony Richardson. That's right. Think about that. You wasted time because he was just, he was upset and you wanted to do this and you wanted to do that. And you wanted to test the market and say, well, you go ahead and find a trade. Then all of a sudden teams want to trade for him. You're like, oh no, we're not trading him now. Running backs are very valuable. That's right. Very valuable. And you'll continue to see him. Look at Bijan in Atlanta. Look at Gibbs in, in Detroit. That's Look right. at Detroit in general, right? Detroit right. in general, have they have two running backs, and they are mauling teams. They literally changed the trajectory of this organization 
in two years because they decided to run the football. And so I always tell people, it's not the position you're paying. It's the talent and the player you're paying. Because the talent and the players are the ones that are going to push you forward no matter what. Josh Jacobs, over 30% of his team's carries. Saquon Barkley, over 30% of his team's touches. Yardage, scrim. They they account. We account for so much. And it's the analytics side that says you get hit too much. There's a risk here. Well, this is what I tell them about that risk. How many quarterbacks that have been paid, including yours, is out for the year? That's right. That's right. So – it's football. Everyone's going to have a chance of getting hurt, no 50, matter what the rules 50 are. 50 different quarterbacks have started a game in the NFL this season, and we're just entering week 13. And no, one is trying to, no one's trying to downgrade the position as a result. Solly, over $300 million this year is sitting at home right now. <laughs> Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I mean, he, he, and in just the quarterback position alone, you allocate so much money to one player in one position, mm-hmm. you, can, you don't even have enough money to, to have insurance, his backup, to make his backup good, right? right. So right. I tell people this all the time. I'm not upset, I'm not upset at paying the play at the quarterbacks. If they're tremendous players, pay them. Pay them, pay them. But that should be the same thing for tight ends. That should be the same thing for running backs, right. linemen, and everyone across the board. If you if you look at the Niners, they paid their running back. They paid their defensive tackle. They paid their defensive end. They paid their tight end. They they pay really good players because really good players help you go. And it just so happens they have one of the best at their running back position. Yeah, and he can't be stopped. And they he keep is. going as he goes. And I think and the offense runs through him. The offense doesn't run through Brock Purdy. I'm sorry no. to say that Brock. I love Brock, but the offense goes through Christian McCaffrey because everything is set up off him. Um, it's like a scale or or. You know, when you were a kid, you were on a seesaw, right? There had to yeah. be this balance. It's the fulcrum. That's what. That's the part that people don't see that provides this balancing mechanism. That's what the running back is, the good ones anyway, for any really good NFL offense. And when people tell me, don't take a running back in the first round, I throw this out. So if Jim Brown's coming out today, you're not taking him in the first round? If if Barry Sanders is right there on the draft board, if you could do it all over again, you could get Jer- Barry Sanders. You're telling me don't take that guy in the first round. It that in and of itself tells you how silly that statement is. And 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 not only that, from a business standpoint, right? Let's just say you don't want to pay running backs, then you draft them in the first round because you get six years of their worth <laughs> for a, right. a rookie deal. If that's if right. that's what you that's if that's right. how you're thinking, that's what you should do. And that's why I always tell people some and I some people that run some of these organizations. They're there. It was called the Peter principle. They're elevated or yeah. they're, they're, they're promoted to incompetency because they don't understand. Like at the end of the day, if I'm not going to, if I devalue running backs, I'm going to devalue them in the drafting. So at least I'll draft them in the first round. I get five guaranteed years of them of their best years. And then I can let them go. Right. But these guys draft them in the second round. You only get two years or three years of their worth. Then you got to pay them. So it's like, it does, at the end of the day, I'll say this. My dad used to tell me this, and I'll get off my high horse. You're going to either – he was like, son, you're going to pay. So either you're going to pay now That's right. or you're going to pay later. Right. But you don't pay. That's you decide right. how you want to pay it. I love you putting that De La Salle, UCLA education, um, and talking about the Peter Principle. I tell people often it is a mechanism where one tends – they fail up 
Oh, <laughs> they fail here and get promoted. They, they they get promoted as a result of their failure. You know, <laughs> I gotta, and, and you see it happening every single day. Hey, let's move on because this week we've got one of the best games on the schedule all season. Ten and one Philadelphia Eagles, the eight and three San Francisco 49ers. 49ers had remember that three game skid. They had lost three in a row, went into the bye week. All of a sudden, Trip Williams gets healthy. Debo Samuels get healthy. Now they've won three in a row. And now they're getting ready to go on the road back to Lincoln Financial Field to take on an Eagles team that Debo Samuels said they would have beat in the NFC Championship game had they not lost all of their quarterbacks. And he was right. right. They went through four quarterbacks. Um, How do you see this game playing out week 13 Sunday in Philly? This this may be the best game of the year. because It's it's not even about the talent on each side. This is about – the fact that at the end of that game, the Niners got into a physical altercation with the Philadelphia Eagles. They sure did. Like, yeah. They got the fist fighting and throwing punches. So understand, this is about to go back to old school football, right? Yeah. Philly's saying, look, you guys felt like y'all should have won. You get another chance at it, right? You get another crack mm-hmm. at us. Yeah. And Debo saying, y'all trash. He, oh, he said come in there and show you. And I'm not backing down to you. He trash. said it with his chest, too. Yes. <laughs> and they believe it. And so being in the Bay Area... And all you're hearing, like I watch the news all the time and I'm watching the news this morning and they're talking about it and they're like, and they're showing the clips of these dudes fighting. And to me, it's like, ooh, this is going to be a good game. Like the Phillies been in some tough games too, don't get me wrong. They played the the, the Chiefs tough and they just got into it with the Buffalo Bills. They got a that tough great game. Schedule. Great Those are great games. This one may be better than all of them. Yeah. Because the Niners are going to come in with, with not only an edge and a chip on their shoulder, they're coming in to make sure you guys are the one. When we leave, you don't like normally when a team plays the Niners, they don't win the next week because the Niners come in. They, <laughs> they beat you up. They, they beat, beat you up. up. They don't. They they look. We gonna hit everybody. Anything moving. And so Philly's coming in. They have a great quarterback, great receivers. They have a dominant offensive line, really good run game, but their defense has been a little suspect. So yeah. I'm excited to see how they show up. I just love the fact that there's old school trash talking. Yeah. And people aren't backing down from it. Nope. And it reminds me of the days when the Niners used to play the Seahawks. And they'd be like, I hope you get some extra squats in. I hope you're doing this. I hope you're doing – because they understand what kind of game this is going to be. And so yeah. this is going to be a new rivalry in the league, I feel like, for the next how many ever years because Philadelphia keeps getting better yep. and the Niners keep getting better. And eventually one has to give. And so this is – listen, I don't know. I, I, I hope Brock Purdy stays healthy. Because you, know, you want to see the full game with them, but the way they're talking, somebody there's gonna be some there's gonna be some collisions in this one. Hey, look, the Eagles they went out and added DeAndre Swift at the running back position, who I think is amongst one of the best. When he gets yes. going, uh, it's as good as it gets. They went out and added Kevin Byer in the secondary as a safety, who's already started to pay huge dividends. They went and added who I thought was the best defensive player. Uh, on the draft board in Jalen Carter from the University of Georgia. I mean, this gets ugly. And But look, the Niners haven't stood pat either because when you can go out and add a Chase Young, man, that that's big time. Okay, well, they took when, one of their D linemen too, Hargrave. That's, that's exactly like, hey, where I was going there. They went out and got on. Javon Hargrave from the Eagles. So there's it's incestuous. And look, two of the maybe most physical wide receivers that we've probably seen in NFL history in A.J. Brown and Debo Sanders. Is that yeah, fair? That's fair. That's fair. 
It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, one last uh, question before we let you go. Uh, I'm partial on this one, so maybe I'm hedging. Because almost every year, uh, we get defensive pass rushers, right? Uh, that become defensive players of the year, and rightfully so. They're game wreckers, right? Uh, guys like uh, Aaron Donald, uh, guys like T.J. Watt and J.J. Watt. But if you take a look at the value of a pick six, it's 3X, bro. It ain't just, oh, we got him on the ground on a sack, but they still get another play. It's not, oh, we sacked them and we get off the field on third down. There's not. We took the ball and we scored. A pick six is like three times the value of a sack. So if you set an NFL record, Maurice Jones-Drew, use that education you got at UCLA. Tell me, you get five of them, an NFL record in one season? Are you worthy of defensive player of the year? You should win it. This is the this <laughs> is the thing that I've this is the thing I've always had an issue with the award show. And I've always told people this. It's not about really what you do on the field. It's about the hype that you bring around it, right? Mm -hmm. TJ Watt is a huge name, plays in the Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah, does all those things. If Bland is it Deron? It's not Deron Bland. Deron a, Bland. Yeah. Deron Bland. If that was Diggs, Tray, Trayvon Diggs. Yeah. If it was oh. Mika Fitzpatrick. If right? Mika, yeah. If it's, yeah. If it's uh, whatever the next <laughs> other top corner is, you know, yeah. like it's going to be like, oh my God. If that's Jalen Ramsey, yeah. He has an opportunity to do it. What, what Deron Bland is doing right now for the Dallas Cowboys, you want to talk about three times. Yeah. I, there's a stat, and then I forget the exact stat, but it's like, the chances of you winning a game with a pick six goes from like like maybe 45%. But if you get a pick six, it's like 90%. 90, you're gonna that's win. right. That's right. 90% of the time you would have pick six, you're going to win the game. 3X, I'm telling you. 3X is the value. It's unbelievable. And this dude, for whatever reason, they love throwing outs to his side. <laughs> Just stop. He's like, bro, have you not seen the last – Four of them that he you threw over there, like he picks them up and he goes to the house. He has this uh, this innate ability to turn into a returner or a running back. He had to play running back or something. He football in high school. He played running back in high school. You could tell with the one he took right? back against Washington. He, he knows what he's rock. doing exactly. And so, and to me, it's and you would you would expect the Dallas Cowboys to push him more. And I'm gonna, you know what? You're right. I need to push that narrative more because. That's right. You said an NFL record. You're talking about Deion Sanders that hasn't done Rod that. Woodson. Rod Woodson. Rod Woodson. Reed. Come on. None man. of these guys have done this before. This guy, and he's not even up for it? This Come is on, it. man. This is it. This is it. The last defensive back to win, um, defensive player of the year, Stephon Gilmore, I think 2018, 2019 with the Patriots. Uh, and he and didn't had have a good Had a good year. I think Charles Woodson was once defensive player of the year. Um, uh, look. I don't even think Coach Prime. I don't think it. I don't think he won a Defensive Player of the Year award. That's, this is the thing. Though. That's how rare it is. None of them ever did that, though. Nobody's ever done that in the 104 year history of our league. No one has ever had five interceptions returned for a touchdown in a single season. He scored more touchdowns than some wide receivers, and they we actually intend to throw them the ball. Devonte Adams is one. There, there's some big names out there big that he names. has, more, he has more touchdowns than some of these big names. And I'm just like, how is he not up for it? I, but 
Again, that's on me. I, I appreciate you bringing that to my attention. I'm going to do a better job, especially on Thursday night football, of bringing that up because that needs to be brought up a ton. Well, well, look, we can't be more proud of you. I can tell you right now, I'm I'm extremely proud of what you've done, uh, not just as a player in your post-playing career, and uh, you continue to carry the flag very well. You do it with such class and such dignity, uh, and, and you have uh, a sense of humor that makes it fun to watch. So we greatly appreciate you. Want you to keep up the good work and keep carrying the flag for my man, Eric Bieniemy. You and I both know what kind of man he is, what kind of coach he is. He is a difference maker as a leader. And I think if there is a world where the arc of the universe bends towards justice, he will be a head coach in the NFL. You know, Sally, and I'll say this for I go, I appreciate it. And, and, and a lot of this, people don't know, we've had many of talks in the green room and NFL network that I've taken with me throughout my career. Uh, one is this, though, and, and, it, and it goes back to you never really know how much you're missed until you're gone. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs now. Yes. They struggle on offense a ton. Yes, they do. And and and, and it's not it's not by chance that the Washington Commanders have a, a top quarterback and that lead the league. He's up, up there leading the league in passing and their offense is a lot more explosive than they've been. Right. Um, That's right. And then the Chiefs are struggling. And I'm not saying that they're not going to figure it out and win, yeah. but they've never had this type of offensive output before. And it's only because one person isn't there. That's right. And I think and that guy is Eric Bieniemy, and hopefully he gets another shot at being a head coach. For the five years he was there as the offense coordinator, they go to the AFC Championship for five years. They win two Super Bowls. They go to the Super Bowl three times in those five years. Uh, it's unparalleled. And uh, uh, again, uh, we believe that things will sort itself out because right now you're seeing a team on the least on the offensive side of the ball with Washington. They're exceeding expectations. Sam Howell is exceeding expectations. That's what good coaches do. You make players better. Um, but it is. Those players deserve a lot of credit for what they're doing. But they'll tell you, too, the coach who's pushing them, and boy, does he push. <laughs> you know that better than anyone. But uh, it's like that college professor that you hated when you took their class. Exactly. But after you finished the work, you were glad that he made you a better student. I guess that's the only way I can put it. <laughs> as, as as a guy who hasn't been coached by Eric Bieniemy in a long time, Still to this day, I'll see him at the combine. He'll coach me up all the time. That's right. That's right. Coaches keep coaching. <laughs> MJD, you're the best, my friend. We appreciate you joining us right here on the Believe in Bengals podcast on Bally Sports Ohio. Everyone, thank you for joining us. We'll be back with more, and we'll see you again next week. Make sure you check out Bet Online for all of your sports betting needs. For anything that I do betting related, I go on over to betonline.ag and I use promo code BELIEVE50. BetOnline has all of the latest updated odds for the NFL and college football seasons. Anything you need, whether it's futures, live in-game betting, no matter what, your football betting needs are met at BetOnline. And again, make sure you use that promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. 
nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.